Welcome to the Dynasty Pulse Podcast. Your hosts, Nick Wagner and Joshua Johnson, have been described as not blowhards. Join them as they discuss the matters at the heart of the Dynasty community. From rookie advice to trade analysis, plant your flag here. This is the Dynasty Pulse, presented by DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. I am Joshua Johnson. Thank you for that, Ronnie James deal. I, I love that song. That need, that song needs to be in a sports movie, I'm, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? With me, as always, is Nick Hale to the Redskins Wagner. What do you think? Yeah, it can never go wrong with some. It can never go wrong with some deal, right? How you doing today, Josh? Yeah, I mean that song. Let's say you know we've talked about this before. It's like it's not his cheesiest song. We'll just put it, we'll just put it that way. Uh, I mean, it's cheesy, but it's not the cheesiest, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, we've got a great show planned for you today. Um, as always, of course, uh, we'll get, we're going to good, good dilemma as we pit, uh, a couple of guys that were sleepers coming into this season with, uh, Ty Montgomery and Sammy Coates. Um, and then a whole slew of other things, which I'm not saying because my computer is not cooperating right now. But um, any any thoughts on uh, the week that was week seven, Nick? Well, first off, I, when JHI was inactive earlier this year, I was 100% off of his bandwagon. But two straight 200-yard games, wow, I never would have seen that coming. His price has definitely skyrocketed. I actually look to sell him if I'm not contending this year. As he, he did have those bone-on-bone knee injury rumors going into the draft. Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, still over 100 yards, even with Landry Jones at quarterback. And, you know, a lot of people dislike Sunday night 6-6 to tie game between the Seahawks and Cardinals, but I absolutely loved it. And not just because Mr. David Johnson proved that his fantasy production is even virtually scoreboard proof, but, you know, I enjoy the kind of throwback the defenses thrive. And, you know, tie games are so infrequent that I just kind of believe that that adds to the overall game's mystique. And, you know, you throw in the fact that the huge division rivalry with the two teams set to match up again in week 16, you know, I, to me, I couldn't have asked for a more enthralling game. I know I'm in the minority on that, but I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I depending on what your scoring is, the league I have David Johnson in, I think it was 28.6 points, and he didn't score a touch PR production. I just had to laugh. It was just, especially since it basically came down to uh, uh, my opponent had DeAndre Hopkins and I had David Johnson, and yeah, I just I I walked away, and I was was I mean I was pretty confident since DeAndre was playing Denver, but I was just like, wow. David Johnson's done that a couple times for me this year. So, um, I'm going to very carefully go down the Josh Brown road here, Nick. Uh, and I don't want to get into it. I haven't read up. I don't know all the specifics of it. But, you know, everybody knows what happened by now. He was basically not, not allowed. I don't know if he was not allowed to travel. But anyway, he was basically not allowed to play at their upcoming London game last weekend. Uh, the Giants flew Robbie Gold over there to uh, to uh, 
try out and he ultimately signed with the team. Looks like he'll be their kicker the rest of the year as they've cut since cut Josh Brown. But I, I really think the giants missed a golden opportunity here. Uh, no pun intended, actually. Uh, they're in London. What is the most famous sport in London, Nick? What's the most popular sport? Yeah, exactly. Soccer, or as they call it, football, with a with a fu. Uh, I didn't mean to say fu. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? F u t b o l. Why not? Just just for the popularity of the game and adding to the whole mystique of these London games, why not sign a British Premier soccer player to to at least try out? to see if he could kick field goals. I mean, wouldn't that have been huge news? That could have totally, not totally shifted the news off of Josh Brown, but that would have that would have been big headlines, at least worldwide, for the NFL, don't you think? Uh, it definitely would have. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how those skills would have translated. I think, you know, definitely give a, uh, one of the football players a tryout would have been great. Uh, I don't know if any of them would have been able to beat out Robbie Gould in a tryout because Gould is a pretty solid kicker. But, yeah, yeah, I definitely think it would have been a neat idea. And, like you said, would have definitely it would have gotten them some headlines over across the, across the waters over there in Europe. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry to continue the, the kicker talk, but, um, you know, it's not – fantasy really but he did score 2.7 fantasy points depending on your scoring marquette king are you kidding me nick did you see that play i mean it looks i don't think it looks as cool as it actually was considering it was fourth and 24 and he converted and he ran for 27 yards i mean it looks like he dropped the ball and he just ran for his life but still i mean no other punter in the nfl makes that play right yeah, he's definitely got some wheels for a punter. Maybe you guys line him up in five <laughs> wide sets in the future sometime. Can he catch? Uh, well, I did see somebody say on Twitter that he was a high school quarterback, so maybe maybe there's some fake field goals in store or something like that. But uh, you know, as a, as a Raiders fan and as a huge Marquette King fan, I, I just I just had to mention that. Like I said, not not very fantasy relevant, but uh, I think if he did play punters, you got an extra two and a half points there. Um, yeah, just just totally. I mean, the Raiders should have won that game anyway, but that and that was kind of the uh, kind of the nail in the coffin. It should it shouldn't have been, but that ultimately was the uh, the difference in that game. So pretty pretty psyched by that. So um, it's dynasty dilemma time. Like I said before, um, we we pit two players against each other. Um, we also do, we also have a whole lot of sit and starts for you. I am adding one right now. Um, Richard Rogers, think about it, Nick. Um, uh, so we also have a four against with Clive Walford, uh, Dynasty Trade Analysis, and then, of course, Mr. Chuck Badeski will stop by to do some ATS picks. And as always, even though I forget to mention it sometimes, we are brought to you by powered by FantasyData.com. For a small fee, you get uh, – really just legitimate stats, more deeper stats than you would get anywhere else to uh, help help destroy your friends. And that's that seems worth it to me. Um, so powered by fantasydata.com. Go there, check them out. Try a free trial for a month just to see, just to see what you think. Uh, try it in the off season. You know, maybe you just, you just want to look at the whole, whole season as a stats. Just, just check it out. Fantasydata.com. Um, today, the line to the limit is Terrell Pryor. 
versus Sammy Watkins. I Sammy Watkins, you wish. Uh, Sammy Coates. Uh, I had the option to go first, so or to choose. So I picked uh, Terrell Pryor. Um, finding my music, or is my music? I'm sorry. One second. I'll be more on the ball here. Sorry, Nick. That's all good. I literally have a phone, an iPad, and a computer in front of me, and nothing is going to where I want it to go. All right, sorry. Both these players were on many sleeper lists this summer. I believe, I myself believed that Marcus Wheaton, not Sammy Coates, would stand out in Pittsburgh after the Martavius Bryant suspension. I chose Pryor because he just seems to have more of an open path to be a top target getter, which is huge for fantasy purposes. I know Corey Coleman is there, and Josh Gordon might actually play a game or two in the next couple of seasons, but Pryor is that big target. Plus, he can be that, that you can play anywhere. Coates, you know, his big issue, he's the drops machine. And right now his targets are very, are very sporadic, and that just scares me. I believe Pryor's past experience as a quarterback gives him a substantial advantage as he, know, as he knows what a quarterback wants when things break down and how to position himself to be successful or make that tough catch. He also clearly understands arm angles and what type of throws his QB is capable of given the situation. Coates has a or had a 12.07 ADP this offseason, which does not to put too much pressure on him. However, consider the players that went after him, like Kirk Cousins, Isaiah Crowell, Eli Manning, Devontae Adams, Jordan Howard, Jameson Crowder. Yet Coates routinely gets love because he has most of the tools of a prototypical wide receiver one, except his hands are very average, and that just bothers me. I feel his ceiling is slightly above a guy like a, like his teammate, Darius Hayward Bay, isn't it? Pryor has the size, the speed, and basically all the tools, but the lack of snaps at wide receiver. So he's a late bloomer, and he's still learning the position. That doesn't mean he's not, can't, not, or will not be elite. I think he could actually be very Josh Gordon-esque. Pryor's ADP was basically non-existent all summer until September when he went as high as around 11, according to our friends Brian Malone and Ryan McDowell over at the Dynasty League Football DLF. So, so he, he started to get some love after some, after some preseason buzz. Uh, but So basically, if you even it out, these guys basically had the same ADP. Pryor is, no, if he's healthy, you know he's going to be one of the two starting wide receivers every single week at this point. I don't know if we can say that same thing for Sammy Coates. What do you got for us on Sammy Coates, Nick? Well, before Sammy Coates had the finger injury, uh, the 2015 third-round pick uh, was having a breakout year. He had 50 or more yards in each of the first five weeks, two straight games with six catches, including week five, where he had six catches, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, That was pretty much his coming-out party. And, you know, yes, with the broken finger and the lacerated hand and with no Ben Roethlisberger, he's been quiet since. But once he and Ben are both healthy, he should be a force in years to come and could be a pretty big fantasy factor come playoff time this year with Antonio Brown uh, demanding defensive attention. Uh, Coates, who is only 23 years old, should be able to find uh, openings for years to come. And really don't worry about Martavis Bryant. I mean, 
how many guys have been suspended for a year and came back at all, let alone as anything close to what they were prior to that suspension. Uh, now, much has been made of Terrell Pryor's breakout year wide receiver in Cleveland, and while I have been very impressed with his ability to switch positions mid-career, uh, he hasn't been a stud yet. He's only had one 100-yard game, he's only had two games where he's found the end zone, and he's been under 50 yards in all but three games so far this year. And at 27 years old, it worries me that physically he's already at his peak while trying to learn a new position. Now, don't forget also that the Browns have been unable to keep their quarterbacks healthy for any extended length of time, so that's going to affect him being able to have chemistry with his quarterback. But, hey, at least playing in Cleveland, he gets more garbage time opportunities, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the other thing going into that is Cleveland looks to be bad for probably three or four more years. Hopefully they can get this thing turned around with you. Uh, You know, I don't really feel, maybe except for the New England game, it's not like they've been blown out. I mean, they might be the worst 0-7 or 0-8 team in in the NFL right now, or at the NFL has seen for a while. The worst, I mean, did I mean the worst? I mean the best. They might be the best winless team at this point. uh, but like like you said, that being said, they 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 throw a lot, and I just think the fact that they use Pryor in in multiple ways, but he's not just a gimmick player, which you which you very rarely see. I think just gives him a definite floor each week. Where Coates maybe has he like he had that big two touchdown game. I just I feel like consistently I would feel more comfortable with Pryor because I don't feel like he's he's a guy that's going to go out there and lay egg because of the different types of ways he touches the ball. Any other thoughts there, Nick? Uh, that's a very good point uh, about Pryor's versatility. Uh, I definitely would give that to you. He does have a, a pretty good a pretty good floor there. I mean, he could go out and throw a touchdown pass and catch a touchdown in the same game. Not too other not too many people can can have that going for them <laughs> emerging. I'm oh, sorry, I just laughed there. I noticed that uh, the healthy, the only, the healthiest, le- the healthy re- leading rusher right now for the Packers on the season is Aaron Rodgers with 96 yards. <laughs> he does have two rushing touchdowns. Uh, two, he does have two rushing touchdowns, which is just as many as Devontae Freeman, who they're playing this weekend. So it's pretty interesting there. But uh, uh, good stat there. Um, moving forward, uh, we got some sit our start. I forgot to write down waiver fodder, Nick. Do you have any any waiver any waiver thoughts? Uh, well, I did see that New England running back uh, Deion Lewis is practicing again. I don't think he's going to play yet for a little bit, but if he's available, it might be worth the stash. Uh, Buffalo's wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, he's pretty solid as long as Robert Woods is out. Uh, another uh, wide receiver that's available in pretty much every league I'm in, uh, Seth Roberts from Oakland, uh, could be worth a flyer. Uh, Washington's running back Rob Kelly could see some more work now with Matt Jones having the fumble issues. And also in Tampa Bay, the wide receiver Russell Shepard's been getting a lot more snaps now with Vincent Jackson done for the year. Yeah, good points there. Um, what, what do you feel about uh, Chris Thompson? What, as a Redskins fan, and people are maybe pondering him, I mean – like I called him on Twitter a couple of days ago, Baby Sproles. Is that a, is that a fair comparison? I mean, he kind of does all those things. He's not a kick returner, but he's going to get those PPR points, right? 
definitely. And he's he's not as thick of a guy as Darren Sproles. So, I, you know, I don't think he could stand up to quite the workload that Sproles gets year in and year out. But uh, I, I think in PPR leagues, I definitely would prefer him over Rob Kelly. And, you know, it's pretty much kind of neck and neck at this point between whether you'd rather have Matt Jones or uh, Chris Thompson. He's definitely been producing at a pretty high level. Yeah, I own Thompson in a couple leagues. In one of the leagues, I am so bad. I basically have to start him every week. And he, 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 I think he's only really had one really bad fantasy game because, like I said, he's that he's got a decent a uh, decent floor as as a pass catcher there too. So he's he's a nice little factor back in that offense, I believe. Get on to some sitter starts here, Nick. Uh, what do you think about the London game here? Quarterbacks up on the dock: Andy Dalton or Kirk Cousins. Any thoughts there? Well, to me, Andy Dalton just feels safer. He's only had two interceptions in the seven games this year. He's had three 300-yard games. He's on pace for over 4,000 yards this season. And plus, uh, Josh Norman had the concussion last week, so if he was going to miss this game, that would be a huge uh, huge benefit for the, the, the Bengals passing it back. Uh, yeah, Tyler Eifert played last week, so that's 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 big going into this game. Is that that could be a, that could be huge for this team, especially especially in the red zone. Um, it's it's hard because I feel like you know there's since he's got a little bit more going for them offensively, obviously with Eifert back, um, and we'll see who they try to match up with uh, on Gio Bernard, but. These, you know, the Washington corners could hold up pretty well. I mean, AJ is a guy that you can't control all game long. Um, but I also feel like Washington probably has the better chance to win this game. So maybe they lead, and Dalton's just going to have to throw and explore all his options. So I, I guess I would go Dalton by by just a slim margin there. Um, ugh, Thursday night. Um, uh, full disclosure, I just, I just. Ugged because me and my son every week play play the Thursday night matchup in Madden either on Tuesday or Wednesday and we played we played this Thursday night matchup yesterday and man if Madden 17 is true to form Blake Bortles is terrible on that game very very inaccurate uh, but anyway Blake Bortles at Tennessee or Marcus Mariota versus Jacksonville. Well, yeah, Blake Bortles hasn't hit 300 yards since week two. He's had zero games with uh, over two passing touchdowns. And his last three games have been against Indianapolis, Chicago, and Oakland. I mean, if he can't produce against those two teams, those three teams, I just can't trust him right now. So I have to go with Mariota. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you there. Um, I, I like Jacksonville's defense. I think they're getting better, I think there'd be a little bit more of a, a national buzz on them if their offense wasn't turning the ball over and not helping them out field position wise. But uh, yeah, I, I got to go Mariota too, but I think, you know, there could be a point where Tennessee leads this game and Bortles has to throw a whole bunch in the second half. Granted that may mean a couple picks, but it could also mean, you know, maybe, maybe two touchdown passes. But like Nick said, it's been a while since he's, he's done that. So um, something that kind of want to add to the sit and starts here, Nick, is we're just going to throw one player out. You can say uh, quite simply sit or start. So what do you think about Drew Brees, excuse me, Drew Brees versus Seattle in New Orleans, but Drew Brees versus Seattle. 
Well, I did, did you watch the Sunday night game? The Arizona, who has pretty good offense, was unable to score a touchdown in that. So, you know, people are so obsessed with the shiny new stellar defenses in the league, like Minnesota, uh, Denver, and Philly. But Seattle gets a little bit overlooked, but that defensive unit is still very elite. So if I have any other decent options, I'm going to sit Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, you obviously need to make sure it is a decent option. Um, you know, we could see Seattle get a, get, you know, like a 14, 20 point lead in the first half. And maybe, you know, maybe they go into a little bit of a, a, a prevent style, take, maybe take the, the pedal off the metal a little bit, so to speak. And the second half and maybe breeze might have himself a, a, a decent half in this game. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, Nick, or like Nick said, you better, you, you need to have a decent option, but uh, you know, what about you know? What if Bortles is your backup, Nick? Would you feel comfortable with Bortles over Breeze in, in this in this week? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think I'd rather roll the dice with Drew Breeze there. But you know, if you if you have like a top fifteen type of option, then that, that's what I would when I would look to sit Breeze probably. Um, speaking of the Bortles stock, there was a Bortles trade in DFW 36 this summer that I think caught probably me and Nick by surprise just a little bit. We, we, we maybe valued him a little bit higher, but uh, you know, others, others like Jay Myers and uh, Dan, Dan Burgundy Hines kind of, kind of, you know, attempted to talk us down. I don't know about you, Nick, but I wasn't hearing it. And uh, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that I, that I was certainly wrong. And obviously the season's not over, but uh yeah, they they certainly saw something that I did, and I know it was garbage time, but at least you know garbage time fantasy points still count. But he's not even he's not even doing that right now, so it's it's, it's a rough go. But uh, I'm sitting breeze too. Hopefully I have, hopefully I have like a like a Mariota as my backup quarterback. Uh, that that's I feel comfortable there. Or even like the cousins or Dalton that we talked about too. Oh, I don't even know why I put this in there, Nick. But <laughs> Brock Osweiler, you ready to start Brock Osweiler versus Detroit? Well, I am confident that Osweiler will bounce back after his career-low 131 yards on 41 attempts on Monday, but that's not saying much. He he has yet to throw for 270 yards in a game with Houston. Uh, All three of the games that he had two touchdowns, he's also thrown at least one interception. So, no, I'm not starting Osweiler against Detroit or anybody. Okay. Uh, You know, I will say this. I know, and I know it's been a struggle. They are, they are still what four and three, four and two. Uh, they're they're having a, a you know fairly decent season. Granted, they keep losing players to injury, but totally not surprised what happened on Monday night. I mean, who knows him and how his tendencies and who, and how he's going to play than his former teammates? I I really didn't expect much. Obviously, it would have been a great story if he would have went in there and got the win and throw for. 300 yards and three touchdowns, but uh, you know this is the Denver defense we're talking about, and and they know him, and I and I'm not surprised that things went the way they did. So, um, uh, you know, I I I would maybe start him over a guy like Mariota this week just because I feel like they'll they'll need to air it out, and there's really only one solid option within that Detroit secondary, that being uh, Darius Slay. So if they can keep things moving around and maybe keep Will Fuller healthy, that's a, that's another thing to think about these last two games is Will Fuller has not been fully healthy. I know he played a little bit more Monday night, uh, but, you know, 
that's basically canceled out by that Denver secondary. So, you know, when he is healthy, they, they certainly had a, things a lot more open for them offensively. So hopefully they can get him healthy. Uh, Chris Thompson, the aforementioned Chris Thompson, or versus Cincinnati or DeAndre Washington at Tampa Bay. What do you think there, Nick? Well, I think with Latavius Murray back, I just can't trust DeAndre Washington. Uh, he only got six touches, five carries, and one catch last week, whereas Chris Thompson is getting way more involved in the offense. Uh, he went from a week six season high 12 touches and then topped that in week seven with uh, 19 catch, uh, touches, including seven catches. So I definitely have to lean with Chris Thompson. Yeah, I probably would too. I I would not at all be surprised if this if Washington maybe has his best game of the year. I think Denver, excuse me, this Tampa Bay defense is more predicated on stopping the north south guys. I think if they can keep Washington rolling away from Levante David, uh, that that means he can maybe at least gain five or six yards before David obviously comes across and makes the tackle. Uh, same thing with their. Um, the quarter, or the, excuse me, yeah, the quarterback of their defense, their middle linebacker, whose name is escaping me right now. But uh, I feel like Washington could could exploit some things and maybe make a big play in the passing game. Uh, Jeremy Hill versus your Washington Redskins, Nick, or Isaiah Crowell versus the Jets. What do you think? Well, I'm not huge on either of these guys this week, but Crowell does have the tougher matchup. Uh, uh, Jeremy Hill, he's not going to outtouch Giovanni Bernard, but at least he produced last week, so maybe he gets a slight bump in his workload uh, against an S5 suspect Redskins defense. So I'll take Jeremy Hill coming off his big game last week. Yep, and, you know, the ebb, ebbs and flows of Jeremy Hill, one thing is always a possibility, and that's him getting that one-yard touchdown. I mean, he had a huge touchdown run last week, but that was Cleveland. But there's always a possibility of, of that, and we can't always say that. Uh, you know, obviously, I'll take Hill here, too. Um, Crowell, you know, they, he's facing a team that, you know, they'd give up three touching, three t- rushing touchdowns to David Johnson, but that's David Johnson. Last week they held Terrence West to 10 yards, or excuse me, eight yards on 10 carries. I think there was a big, long run that got pulled back in that game by West, but they, they pretty much controlled that Baltimore offense, especially the running game. Um, you think Baltimore is ready for a new offensive coordinator now again, Nick? <laughs> After a couple, <laughs> a couple of weird weeks. Um, oh, sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Um, Frank Gore. What do you think about Frank Gore against Kansas City? Well, I, I don't love the matchup, but as thin as the running back position is around the league, it's tough to find a guy who's as sure a bet for touches as Frank Gore is going to be. So unless you're completely stacked, I think Gore is likely a weekly uh, high floor, low ceiling type of start type of guy. I, I just It's hard to see somebody having two to three running backs that are more guaranteed touches more than Frank Gore. Uh, so what do you think about starting – Spencer Ware over Frank Gore. You all right? Though? You all right with that? Oh, definitely. I would, uh, without a question, I would start Spencer Ware over Frank Gore, especially versus that Colts defense. And my other running back, back is my, my other running back is David Johnson. So I kind of know your answer there. Um, <laughs> oh man, this. Speaking of David Johnson, that bye week's gonna suck. This bye week's not been very good. I thought missing. 
Zeke and uh, Greg Olson was bad last week as I, as I lost the matchup where I owned both of those players. But this week, with a little bit more teams, it's just been not 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 very fun to set some lineups. I'll tell you that much. Um, I Nick makes a good point there, and Frank Gore. There's certainly a, a, a touch a touch floor that he reaches every week. So you know maybe he gets a he gets a short touchdown too because. I think their passing game, I don't know if Moncrief's going to play, but he could practice today, and that would be huge if he practices today. Um, and obviously through the rest of the week, Dorsett's coming back too. So that could that could certainly open some things up there, and maybe he, he gets that one-yard plunge. What do you think about Jonathan Stewart versus Arizona? Uh, he's another guy I don't love, especially with the injury history. But, you know, he's coming off the bye week, so he's probably pretty healthy. And he played before the bye week. He was injured in week two, but returned uh, returned in week six with 19 carries, 85 yards, and two scores. So I think when he's healthy, he's hard to sit. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I, I say that as a guy that owns Fozzie Whitaker and Cameron Artistine, uh in one league. They just – you know, they, they were both awesome plays when he was out, but now that he's back in, they get absolutely nothing. I don't know how they why they use two guys when he's out but only use him until he gets hurt when he's in. I mean, there's got to be a happy medium there. Uh, just look at the Belichick offense there, Carolina. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I hopefully I have better options and I can bench him because this, this is not a good matchup there for, versus the Cardinals. But, uh, he, like Nick said, he's a hard person to sit. Uh, bringing us back to last week's dilemma, Michael Floyd at Carolina or Tyler Lockett at New Orleans, Nick? What do you think? Well, right now, Russell Wilson's playing hurt. It's pretty obvious that he's not the same guy we're used to seeing, and that's that's had a big-time effect on the Seattle passing attack. So even with the good matchup against the Saints, I cannot recommend anybody other than Doug Baldwin or Jimmy Graham. So I, I got to just by default go with Michael Floyd in this one. Okay. Um, yeah, especially since the all that inexperience in the Carolina secondary, I think that's a good point there. You know, you would think, Nick, with with Wilson being hurt, and I totally hear what you're saying there. You know, obviously he's been he's been really looking at Graham up the middle. He looked at him in crunch time last Sunday night in that tie. Uh, but you think they would maybe try like some you know, like some bubble screens or some, you know, some weird, you know, misdirection with, with Lockett. And I know he's, he's, he's working on a, a sore ankle too, but uh, you think they would just maybe try something like that to kind of ignite this defense and maybe open some things, things up downfield there. So they did take some deep shots last week. I know Curse had a big long catch in that game, but uh, don't you think if they, they were able to, you know, work, work some something going with Lockett in, in the intermediate, they could help, help them out downfield? Oh, definitely, and you know, like you said, uh, with uh, with Wilson Wilson being hurt, it's almost surprising that they haven't worked on more of the short uh, to intermediate sort of uh, trick plays. Maybe this is the week, and I only say that because I have to start locking in a few weeks. I really have no other. <laughs> uh, Julian Edelman, or at least no options that I could justify starting over Lockett. Uh, Julian Edelman at Buffalo. Or Jeremy Macklin at Indianapolis, Nick. What do you think? 
Well, it's been a little bit of a tough year for Jeremy Macklin owners. He's had zero 100-yard games, hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. But you know what? Julian Edelman also hasn't had a 100-yard game and hasn't caught any touchdowns. Uh, He faces a hot Buffalo team who always seems to have strange games versus New England. So, you know, to me, I think with the easier matchup, I'm going to go with Jeremy Macklin. But it is pretty close. I I hear what you're saying there, and there's, like you said, with the – the touchdown thing with Edelman. We obviously know they have two towers that they favor there in the red zone for New England. But you feel like Macklin's going to be matched up, at least, I mean, obviously the Colts don't like to make defensive decisions, but uh, <laughs> at least they have Vontae Davis. feel like he'll be locked on to Macklin all day long because he certainly is their best option within this passing game. Um, so, you know, we saw him do, the, do that to uh, and have some pretty good success versus DeAndre Hopkins. I know Hopkins got himself got himself a few catches, but uh, that's a, that's a good matchup to watch in this game. Um, Chris Conley's kind of coming on too. He's got just seven seven receptions less than uh, Macklin there on quite a few less targets. So maybe you know maybe they they sit down and say, hey, let Mac let Conley beat us, and we'll t- put a uh, Davis on Macklin there, so I I think I would basically just talk myself and go in the other way. So I think I'll, I think I'll go with Edelman because I feel like even if he doesn't score a touchdown, he could easily have you know eight or nine catches for you know for a hundred yards and not, and not not get in the end zone. So I'll, I'll take that over over Macklin versus Vontae Davis. Uh, Quincy Inua at Cleveland. Nick, what do you think? Well, Inunua hasn't set the world on fire, but I do like his chances this week. Even with playing with a quarterback who seems to be feuding with the head coach, that's such an odd situation there with uh, the back and forth between Fitzpatrick and Todd Bowles there in New York. But I think Inunua's got a nice floor in PPR league. So as long as it's PPR, I'm going to start. Uh, I never thought I would say this, but I'm so glad I got outbid for Geno Smith last week in DFW 16. Uh, <laughs> I did own him for a portion this summer when it looked like he was going to be the starter before uh, Fitzpatrick. But in uh, 16-team leagues, it's only one. you only start one quarterback. But, man, quarterback is a prime position to have. So when, when somebody goes down, you know, those backups, even if it's Landry Jones or Geno Smith, they're going to get claimed, and it's going to be for – more money than you would imagine. Uh, not 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 more money. No more money than you would think. Not more money than you could imagine. But uh, yeah, uh, is it? I can't. Is it? Can say the last name for me again one more time, Nick. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's Inunwa, but I could be wrong. Inunwa. Inunwa. Okay, I always yeah. want to say you instead of Inunwa. He he's been pretty solid, and I feel like. He he could have like an Edelman style game, but he he just doesn't get in the end zone. So I I you know with this being so many teams on a bye, you know you probably don't have a lot of better options. Um, what do you think about Inunua versus uh, like um, like a Cole Beasley or Terrence Williams this week is? as news of Des playing is certainly a possibility. Nick, what do you think? Um, I think with the matchup against Cleveland, I would still lean in Nunwa, especially Dallas is playing that Philly defense, which has looked really, really solid at times this year to shut down the Steelers in the game that I went to. So, yeah, I think I would still lean with the Nunwa. 
especially yeah. over Terrence Williams. It's, it's closer with Cole Beasley, but definitely over with Terrence Williams. Okay. Good. Yeah, good point there. I, I think I would probably do the same thing. Uh, Brandon LaFell versus Washington. Nick, what do you think? Well, LaFell has scored a touchdown in each of the last three weeks. He's got four touchdowns over that span and faces a secondary that is going to focus on A.J. Green. So, And possibly with Josh Norman out. Uh, if Josh Norman's out, he's a must-start. And even if Norman plays, Norman's going to be matched on A.J. Green most of the time. So I think I would still start him either way, but it's a no-brainer start if, Norman, if Norman's in. Uh, one of our other podcasts here, the uh, Never Ending Glory podcast, hosted by Luke Greeley, they brought up a good point. With you know, Lafell has been hot, but if with Eifert getting worked back into the mix, maybe he's maybe he loses some red zone targets. So that that could certainly hurt his value. But uh, good point there about Josh Norman. Does he get a concussion? Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so yeah. LaFell is probably a nice play because even if Norman does play, we know he's going to be probably hopefully matched up on A.J. Green. And Breland's no slouch, but uh, the size advantage might uh, might favor there LaFell. And um, we'll see we'll see how healthy Eifert is. Um, what, Eifert was a leg injury, right? The knee, was it a knee that's kept him out most of the year? A uh, knee or an ankle. I can't remember for sure which. Okay. All right. I was thinking if it was a back, I was certainly wouldn't want to be on a flight to London. But uh, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> hopefully he's sitting first class and got some ice on that or whatever, whatever it needs. But uh, uh, Marquise Goodwin, the guy you brought up earlier, I know he is currently under concussion. I don't know. I don't know if he's under protocol. I know he left the game with a possible concussion last week. Uh, but uh, what do you think about him versus New England? Does Again, lots of people off this week. Uh, I think it all depends on uh, whether or not Robert Woods plays. If Robert Woods is out again, I would start Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he had four catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown last week. Uh, and you look if, when Woods is out, Tyrod Taylor's next best option is Justin Hunter. So you, you would have to figure that Goodwin <laughs> would get some targets there, right? Yeah, and he is. I don't know for sure, but I would say he's probably one of the top five fastest people in the league. I know that's the that, the thing on him is he is just a just a absolute blazing blazing speed on that guy. Um, speaking of Justin Hunter, you remind me we have a question. I mean, Justin Hunter, really? Yeah, try catching thirty passes in a season before you start complaining about roster moving. <laughs> oh, I love that clip, Justin. That was Justin. Nick was yelling at Justin Hunter for questioning the Titans for Marcus Mariota a few years ago. Uh, I love that clip. Uh, what do you think about Richard Rodgers at Atlanta, Nick? Um, just off the top of my head, I think a pretty decent uh, pretty decent floor. Uh, Jared Cook really is uh, underwhelmed in his role there in, in his time there in Green Bay. So, you know, it's probably going to be a shootout. So I think Richard Rodgers is pretty good uh yeah, especially with so many teams on a bye, like you mentioned earlier. I, I think he's a decent start this week. I think isn't – for some reason I thought Cook was out. Why do I think that? He might be. I do I, I do think he's dinged up. I don't know if he's going to miss the game or not. Well, still not ready to practice. That, came, that was a report from Rotowire yesterday on Cook there, so – um, I did read on my fantasy league that the 
Falcons do get to give up a lot of points to tight ends. Uh, but Rogers has only targeted his tight ends like less than three times per game over the, over the last month or so. But I feel like those are the kind of, that's the kind of information, not, not necessarily, you know, fantasy information, but that's the kind of information that Aaron Rodgers might be, um, might be a privy to. And I feel like he could probably exploit that. They have a lot of youth in that linebacking core and, uh, uh, he 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 uses Rogers. Him and Rogers every now and then hook up hook up and have a decent game together. So I think I would I think I would play Rogers. Just even though it doesn't look good, like again with all those guys on buys, uh, he's he's not a he's not a bad uh bad bad dart thrower there as our buddy Howard Bennett would say. Okay, Nick, I had to do this to you. Pick one bear on offense. Start against. Frankly, a very pissed off Minnesota Vikings team at home on Monday night. <laughs> well, how about the tight end Zach Miller? He's had 15 catches over the last three games, scored three touchdowns on the season. Uh, you look at some of the other options. Uh, Kadeem Carey outtouched Jordan Howard last week, 11 to seven. So uh, I don't want to touch that backfield situation. Just too unpredictable, especially with a uh, with uh, Langford. I believe he's practicing again. I don't I don't know if he's going to play this week, but I think he's okay to practice. Uh, and you've got to figure the defensive backs are going to focus on the wide receivers in this one. So, yeah, Zach Miller pretty much seems to be the only guy I would feel comfortable starting this week. Yeah. What's, what do you think uh, over or under for picks for Cutler? Two, two and a half? You're going over? <laughs> I'm going to go under. Yeah, he's oh, going to be a little okay. rusty, so he's not going to be used to throwing those interceptions. He's got to take the rust <laughs> off before he can have that three-four interception uh, game. Well, there you go. Uh, what do you think about um, why we're why we're on quarterback turnovers? Um, I that was interceptions. I would not not turnovers. We know Cutler's good for a fumble a game too, but um, <laughs> Giants. Or excuse me, uh, Eagles, Cowboys. So Wentz, Wentz, Prescott. What do you think? Over under for turnovers for the quarterbacks combined. Let's say four. Is that two? No, three. Oh, oh under. three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. <laughs> I'm still going under. I mean, these two have been yeah. remarkably proficient as far as uh, not turning the ball over for rookie quarterbacks. So I'll go under three and a half. Yeah. This uh, wow. What a game! To, what a game for that for this weekend. That could, that could be a fun game. Um, yeah, you know, you saw it. Even though Wentz didn't have a great game, you just saw it. I don't really know what it is, but you just saw it in him and in the decisions he made and some of the plays he made. I mean, just a, just really impressed by that young man. He's not blowing the world up fantasy-wise, but, you know, that, that could be a couple of years down the road. Uh, let's do a little IDP setter start here, Nick. A couple Jets, Leonard Williams or Muhammad Wilkerson at – Cleveland. What do you think? I think it's pretty much neck and neck other than that uh, Williams has three and a half more sacks on the season. Plus the fact that uh, Wilkerson missed last week with an ankle injury. So you risk uh, him having a limited snap count or re-injuring that uh, ankle. So I would have to go with Williams in this one. Yeah, that entire Jets defense is, is got a lot of injuries. Um, I know Darren Lee was out last week too. Um, Bill Latin, our buddies over at the uh, IDP Blitz podcast, they they made light of the fact that 
Richard Sheldon Richardson actually played middle linebacker a couple of weeks ago versus Arizona. That's how that's how bad things were as they used one of their defensive ends in the middle there. He actually had a decent decent game, but uh, not not an ideal situation there for the Jets. Uh, uh, you know, I think Williams, if, if Hogan's playing quarterback, I think, I don't know where Kessler is at, but I think Williams could have the, have the better game too. I think he just gets after it a little bit more than Wilkerson is probably just more. I know he got the big contract, but he's more, more of an, an edge setter guy right now, a guy to maybe go away from offensively. So Williams, where he's having a good season, he doesn't quite have that type of respect. So I'll go with Williams there. Uh, Jarrell Freeman versus Minnesota or Anthony Barr at Chicago. What do you think? Well, Anthony Barr has zero games over seven tackles this year, so the only way I would really consider him is in sack-heavy leagues, but he's only had one sack also. So even in those leagues, I think I would probably uh, side with Jarrell Freeman. Um, You know, his season low in tackles is five, and he's had games of 17 tackles, 12 tackles, and then last week, 13 tackles. So I, I have to go with Freeman. Yeah, Freeman's definitely the safer play. Um and, you know, obviously seventeen tackles is pretty pretty darn awesome, but I just don't know if Minnesota's going going to run enough. Uh because they can't <laughs> to well, it is Chicago, but uh I don't know I just don't know if there's gonna be enough opportunity for him in that aspect up you know, up the middle there for him. So I, I mean the Freeman is the safer play. And like Nick said, sack heavy leagues may maybe Barr. I feel like there's a chance for a big a big strip sack touchdown type of thing for Barr. We'll see. Uh or maybe he covers your guy Zach Miller in the in the passing game and makes an interception there, Nick. How about that? Uh Sean Lee versus Philadelphia or Jordan Hicks, who seems to finally be on track at Dallas. What do you think? Uh, Sean Lee just has way too high of a floor for me to sit. He's had 10 or more tackles in all but one game. Um, you know, I do understand the logic that Dallas is more likely to run the ball more in this game. That would give Hicks more tackle opportunities, but that's just a gamble that I'm not willing to take, even though I do understand the logic there. Uh, Hicks only has one game with over 10 tackles, so it's just too, too risky for me, but I, I would understand why someone would possibly start him. Yeah, Sean Lee is just a beast and especially coming off the bye. He's going to have a little bit fresher legs. Uh, Hicks is hot right now. So it's, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully you can figure out a way to get both of these guys in your lineup and maybe sit somebody else. Cause there's probably not a, you know, a whole lot of besides the, the top 10 guys we're talking about that you would want to sit right now over Hicks. But uh, yeah, Lee's Lee's just a wrecking crew. Uh, Patrick Chung at Buffalo or Ha Ha Clinton Dix at Atlanta. What do you think there, Nick? Well, normally I would definitely go with Patrick Chung, but this week I think that Atlanta is going to both throw the ball more often than Buffalo and also string together longer drives. So that would mean uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix would be on the field more and just have more tackle opportunities. So I'm going to side with Clinton Dix in this. Uh, yeah, I probably would too. Obviously he's more, more of a name cachet type of player, but I – do really like what Patrick Chung has done this year. He's had he's had a pretty good season. So if you see him floating out there in uh, IDP land, maybe he's a, a nice claim for you there. But uh, I would I totally totally echo what Nick says there with the passing game. Um, it's time for four or against. 
Uh, Nick has the fourth side, so he will go first. Uh, we're doing Clive Walford today. So what do you got for us for Clive Walford? Well, first off, uh, Clive Walford, he hasn't really produced a whole heck of a lot yet, but he's only in year two, and tight ends typically break out in year three. So it's way too early to panic on him. If you believe in him when you draft him, it's, you can't cut, cut bait yet. Uh, well, I have, I have a, as I have the against side, I ironically just made a trade to acquire Walford today. Uh, but uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, Latavius Murray, and Seth Roberts. I mean, look at all those weapons for Derek Carr. What is left for Walford? Two, maybe three targets per game? Well, even as a rookie, he got the starting job over Michael Rivera, who was productive in 2014. Rivera had 58 catches, 534 yards, and four scores. But he was outproduced by uh, Walford in Walford's rookie year last year. So that shows that they, the team has confidence in Walford to be a big-time producer at some point. Uh, for the last three weeks, the Raiders have used rookie tackle Denver Kirkland as an extra blocker. Hence, he checks in as an eligible receiver per the rules. Uh, so, I mean, now I don't think Kirkland's going to start stealing targets away from Walford by any means, but when he comes in, whoever is playing tight end has to check out for open. So a lot of tight ends in fantasy just completely disappear at times with zero catches. You know, you just it's a very unpredictable position. But, uh, he, you know, Walford uh, has caught passes every single week this season. He's had four or more PPR points every week except for week one. So that's pretty consistent floor. He is a nice dual threat in terms that he can block and catch but he really hasn't been a red zone dominant player or this freak athlete type of player that can absorb 10 targets per game and bust out long, big plays. And I think Welford's future prospects look really good. He's got a a good, still developing young quarterback in Derek Carr. He's got an elite young wide receiver in Amari Cooper to attract defense's attention away from him. And while Michael Crabtree is having a great year, a great couple of years, actually, he's, 29 years old, and so he's probably start. He's up to peak right now. Crabtree is, so he's going to start to go on a little downhill slide in years to come. And you know, uh, long term, there, I think his targets are uh, uh, Walford's targets are going to go up when Crabtree's goes down. So that's just going to be more opportunities for Walford in what is an, already an explosive passing attack there for the Raiders. Uh, it's King Crab, by the way. That's what the my fellows over at the Black Hole Banter podcast refer to Crabtree is now King Crab. Uh, <laughs> in the present NFL, with three wide receiver sets being the norm, uh, tight ends are just not used as majority pass catchers in most offensive schemes. So, you know, this this is certainly evidenced in Oakland for sure as they either run just a short five and out or they or they stay in the block. I I I like what Walford brings to the table. I just don't. He's not the big flash. He's a, certainly a guy that's not, like Nick said, not going to kill you every week. But he's just—I just don't see him having one of those Gronk weeks. You know, I think the best case scenario is he has, you know, maybe like a 
five for 60 and two, you know, two short touchdown catches. That's like really the best case scenario. And I mean, obviously anybody's going to take that any week, if you know, you're going to get that many points out of your tight end, but he's just not going to explode and help, help win you a matchup. Every week. He's probably not going to lose a matchup for you, but he's not going to help in, in a whole lot of aspects. Any, any other thoughts there, Nick? Well, you said you're not expecting him to have a Gronk week every week, but, I mean, there's probably, you know, 28 starting tight ends that you you would not expect to have a Gronk week. So, I mean, it's such a thin position. I think he's a pretty good player to to hang your hat on, at least as as he has your tight end number two. Fair enough. And, like, even like Nick said, just in year two, you know, the, the jury is still out. You know, let's see what he does. Uh, year three moving forward. So um, speaking of Clive Walford, like I mentioned earlier, I just traded to acquire him. I gave up Deshaun Jackson and Max Williams, a 2017 third and a 2017 fifth, as well as a 2018 fourth, and I got Walford and Ty Montgomery. Maybe it seems a bit like an overpay, but like I said earlier, Nick, I did have 14 picks over the next two years in this league, and uh, – and eight picks last, next year alone. So I, I felt I felt the need if I could throw a few picks around and get a couple players. I I feel like that's that's worth it there because I'm obviously not getting a NFL tight end two years experience NFL tight end with a third round pick next year or or a Ty Montgomery type of player in the third next year. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely, and and also you have to factor in that Deshaun Jackson and Kirk Cousins just don't appear to be on the same page at this point. So you, you know you're not Deshaun Jackson's value right now is a lot less than it was say in August or early September. So I, yeah, I think that was a good trade. Yeah, and Max Williams and IR, and I just don't know. You know, he even when he was healthy, he was the third tight end at best right now for Baltimore. Granted, year three for him, two next year, but. He's maybe a little bit behind that curve with him him missing most of the season here and not playing much at all. Anyways, so uh, DeMarc, uh, some more dynasty trade analysis. DeMarco Murray, Robert Woods, and a late 2017 first for Mike Evans. What do you think there? Um, I think this is a very even trade. I'm completely torn on it, so I think that means it's pretty even. Uh, Mike Evans, obviously one of the young, elite, talented wide receiver. Uh, if you're trading for DeMarco Murray, and I would I, I would think that you are in win-and-now mode just because you got to figure Murray's only got this year and maybe next year as, as an elite running back in, in fantasy. So uh, I, I think it's pretty even, but I, I, just because of long-term, I'll go with the side that uh, picks up Mike Evans. Yeah, and newsflash, in case you didn't know, Mike Evans, I mean, I granted some teams have had their buys and, and whatnot, but uh, Mike Evans actually leads the league in targets right now, too. So uh, there's not a whole lot there besides Evans, and people haven't been knocking him down there. So, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, you're getting Murray right now. You're probably in win-now mode, as you are obviously giving up a first-round pick as well. So, I, like, I kind of agree with there, Nick, with Nick there. It's pretty pretty even deal. Uh, Antonio Brown for Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks, and the 2017 seconds. Another fairly even trade. Uh, I think personally I would not give up Antonio Brown for uh, for that package. 
and and let, the only way I would is if there is zero chance that I was going to be contending this year. I think long term you'd probably rather have Watkins, Cooks in a second. But if I'm contending this year, there's no way I'm going to give up Antonio Brown for that. And I should preface this with this trade happened prior to Sunday, before Brown went for a hundred yards. So maybe maybe that Brown owner was not not feeling very good and looking to, looking to cash in, or maybe he's out of, fallen out of it too. So I think both sides certainly make sense, um, and I thought that initially too. And and now it, it's still you know I think it's still it's still pretty even. We we'll see what. Uh, you know, if if Watkins comes back and is is healthy and that you know twelve twelve hundred yard receiver, you know possibly a hundred catch type of player, that that's going to make this trade all worth it because hopefully if he does that one year, he can do it for a couple more years after that, and that's that's going to be huge. We know Cooks is a, a, a dynamic player. We've seen him do that. I don't, and there's enough weapons there in in New Orleans to to make him to keep him successful the next couple of years. So. It's a fairly decent deal. Uh, well, finally, a not decent deal, Nick. At least, at least in my terms, uh, Matt Jones for a late 2017 first and a 2017 third. I think I wrote second, but it was a 2017 third. Well, you being the third makes it a little bit better of a trade, but still, I mean, unless you're, you know, making a championship push, I cannot recommend trading two draft picks for Matt Jones, uh, especially after his fumble issues uh, reoccurred this last weekend. Looks like his uh, touches are probably going to be trending down uh, in the near future at least. So, yeah, whoever unloaded him for the first and the third, (laughs) way way to sell high. Yeah, and I I just wanted to double-check on that. I don't know why I wrote down second, but – yeah, it was a first and a third. But it, it was, like I said, more than likely a late first. So that makes a little bit more sense. But uh, And this trade did happen before. More fumbles from Matt Jones this week. But, yeah, not not a good deal there. I just – I don't know. I mean, there's with – the, with the moving parts and Rob Kelly getting more action and Chris – Chris Thompson, you know, doing doing his being able to do his thing every week. I just, I just, there's there's options there where Jones doesn't see a majority a majority uh, touch touch count, at least a majority over the over the other guys. You know, maybe maybe he gets you know ten to twelve, and everybody else, and Kelly gets five or six, and Thompson gets eight or ten. So, but it's not it's not a huge a huge chunk more there. So maybe you know there's that touchdown upside with him, but yeah, just. Not a good deal. Um, Terrence West. I think all these trades happened besides the first one we talked about. Terrence West. Uh, they all happened before the games this week. So West had a terrible game last week. Just like I said earlier, just eight yards. But uh, we think about Terrence West for Shane Draw and two 2017 seconds. Uh, I think as a Terrence West owner, if anybody wants to throw me two second round picks for him, I will take that in a heartbeat. So hopefully one of uh, <laughs> our league mates is listening in this because I, I would love to just be able to unload West. Uh, yeah, I would take two, th- two, two seconds for him as well. I traded for him uh, I got a, and got a fifth. I traded, excuse me, I traded a fifth for him this preseason. Uh, and I thought that was pretty good. But uh, if I could trade up, and, God, I'd even trade him for a third. Third and a fourth. <laughs> but, uh, uh or yeah, I might even just take a fourth one, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, 
that, yeah, that's all we have for there. So maybe Chuck's on the line. Let's see, oh, right on time. He's he was he was early, but uh, we are right on time for once. So let's patch him through one second here. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, guys. Hi, Josh. Hi, Nick. Good. We're do- doing good. I just uh, – sorry to let the whole music run there. I had, <clears> I had a trade happen dur- during the podcast, and I always have to go look at my team after that. <laughs> I don't know why. So oh, you're kidding. Look, look, I just have to go look at it and see how it looks. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, anyway. And it looks uh, okay? What's going on in Vegas? Yeah, it looks all right. What's going on in <clears> Vegas today, buddy? Oh, it is, uh, <clears throat> you know, we actually had rain the other day, but uh, so far, just the, uh, this is the reason you live in Vegas right now, you know, 80 degrees during the day, and and uh, I don't know what the low is at night, but it doesn't matter, you know, it's 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 beautiful weather right now. <laughs> when the alcohol's flowing, you don't care how how cold it is outside, right? Yeah, and I guess I don't, I don't need to say stuff like that to Nick, who's out in Hawaii, but so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just sitting there with a smug look on your face, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. uh, well, last week, note, uh, go uh, ahead. I was just, just going to say, side note, I did rake my my yard yesterday in 40-degree temperatures. So if, if it makes you guys nice. feel better, there you go. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Last week, um, sorry, I don't know what that pause was right there. I didn't know if you were waiting for me to talk. Anyway, let's talk about last week's record right now, and we'll only talk briefly about it because none of us really have bragging rights. Uh, Nick, you were the best of all of us at 8-7, and seven, so good job there. Uh, Josh, you were 4-11. and 11, Whoa. And uh, I just happened to come back and, and uh, end up 6-9. and nine. That uh, <clears throat> Arizona game kind of did us in there. Josh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. when they, you know, we uh, Arizona was favored by a point, and uh, when you when you think they're favored by a point, you're thinking, well, you know, just pick a winner. Well, <laughs> there wasn't any winner. It ended up to be a draw, and that's <laughs> that's one of those few times when that one point comes in handy. And and uh, Nick picked Seattle, and, and Josh, you and I picked Arizona. Wow. Well, it's a good thing you keep track of these, and thank you for doing that. Thank you for keeping track of our picks, by the way, because well, no problem. I probably, Don't wouldn't, I? I probably just not doing good and wouldn't even bother to add them up. But yeah. Well, I More keep these for a lot. week and then I throw them away. So, so don't ask me how we're doing on the season. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we're not starting our own book by any means. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> no, we aren't. Uh, you know the one regret I have from last week. Just a, a long story short, I like to bet teasers, like a you know five or six team teaser, in the pros because you know, you get six points either way. And uh, the one game that I lost in my teaser last week was the was the one game that that I told you guys San Diego has never lost by more than six points. Remember that? 
And so mm-hmm. San Diego ends up winning the game. But on my teaser, I took Atlanta because that took it down to a pick'em game. It took it took it down <laughs> to Atlanta. Just picked the winner, and they end up losing the game outright. So you know, I should be, I should be soundly spanked this week by not taking my own, <laughs> my own uh, advice. But uh, there is a week this week, and there's three less games this week because I think we have six games, six teams on by, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a bad week. Too many, too many buys. I know, uh, bad for fantasy too. Although I'm really only affected by Pittsburgh. I'm missing Le'Veon Bell, and that's about it this week. So I kind of escaped the big bye week. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and it's one of those things where I thought they extended the bye weeks. I think to week 13, which is actually some for some leagues fantasy playoff week, which does kind of suck. But I thought the point of extending the buys was to not have one of these bad weeks like this. It didn't work out so. I think Indianapolis messed it up somehow when they didn't take yep. a bye after the London game. You think that, that had something to do with all this? Sure, we can blame them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess onward and upward. Are you ready for the first for the next week? Mm-hmm. This is week what, yep. eight? Yes. Okay. All right, uh, Thursday night game, another uh, just barn burner. Jacksonville is in Tennessee to take on the uh, Tennessee Titans, and the Titans are favored by three and a half on Thursday. Um, I don't like that hook, but I think Tennessee's defense is is better than people think, and I think – Lake Bortles likes to turn the ball over just a little bit. So I feel like they'll take advantage of that. So I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I think I think this is a big win for Tennessee. And if if uh if Jacksonville goes in there and goes in there and wins, I will maybe have a little bit more respect for that big speed. But I'm not not uh, not counting on it. So I'll take Tennessee and minus the points, Nick. What do you think? I'm going to agree with you, and I don't love it. I, I Like you said, I hate that hook. Uh, this does feel like it's going to be a three or four or five-point game. Uh, I don't see either team running away with it, but, you know, Tennessee is at home, and Bortles has struggled this year, as has the entire Jacksonville team. So uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee, but, again, I don't love it. Yeah, I, I feel kind of the same way you guys do. I just had to, uh, you know, when it came down to it, I couldn't find a reason to pick either of these teams. And then I just kind of <laughs> sat down and, and I said, you know, let's look at the teams as a whole. Jacksonville is a team that's kind of on the decline. They haven't, they 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 seem to, you know, if it's possible, to have peaked last year, and they just don't seem to have much much going for them this year. They're hanging in there. But uh, on the other hand, you have Tennessee, and I feel like they're they're a team on the rise and a team that's starting to believe in themselves. And the, you know, the second year with their quarterback Mariota, I think they're starting to hit a stride. So I'm going to take the team that's on the upswing against the team that's on the downswing. You know, the only kicker is you've got to give three and a half points. But I'll look for a good effort from from the Titans this week. So uh, we're, we're going to clean sweep that one. All right. Now the Sunday games. First one is uh, the Washington Redskins, uh, who uh, kind of got knocked back down to earth after their four-game winning streak and lost a close one at Detroit last week. The uh, Redskins are in Cincinnati now, and the Bengals are favored by three points. Hmm. So that's that's a London game, though, right? Oh, you're kidding. 
Yep, that's the London. God, I did not. You're, yeah. I did not even realize that. Yeah, Washington, yeah. And Cincinnati. Oh my God, I'm not used to having two London games back to back. Ah, yeah, yeah. So that is um, weird. Okay. So, that's and even, I, I mean, I, that even is even more weird because what, did you have three points. Cincinnati favored by three. Cincinnati favored by three. All right, Nick, tell us what's going to happen. Um, I have to go with the Bengals in this one. Uh, it's going to be 3.30 a.m. local time here, so that will be fun for me. But uh, I, I I just the, – the Skins seem to be uh, a, a very streaky team. So, uh, you know, they lost two. They won four. Now they've lost their last game. I foresee them probably losing another game or two before going on a win streak. So I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. You're not even going to go to sleep. Like you're going to go to bed. And, the, and then get up. You're just going to party all night. Uh, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take a nap after work <laughs> on Saturday, and then wake up around three. And yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch right. the game. But you're not taking your Redskins. I just think that's too many points. I just, I, I know there's the Norman thing there with the concussion, but I just think I'm surprised this isn't like a like a one point game. And maybe that's going to beckon a tie, but uh, just uh, I just I, I'll, I'll take Washington if you're going to give me points. This isn't really a home game for Cincinnati, so that's that's what this is telling us, right, Chuck? Neutral site. They think Cincinnati's three three better than Washington. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, so you're well, going to take you Washington? It, yeah, but if you flip that around, does it isn't NFL home home teams get a field goal? So that's saying Cincinnati's six. If this game was in, in Cincinnati, yeah, six points? It, it, it depends on who the home team is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Cincinnati's a tough team to figure out. And, uh, you know, for me, London games are tough to figure out. I don't think I've, I've uh, gotten one right uh, in two years. So just so everybody knows, I'm taking Cincinnati. So you can go ahead and take Washington in this game. <laughs> I'm taking the Bengals minus three. Um, yeah. Cincinnati is fourth in the league versus running backs, which so that doesn't matter because Washington doesn't have a running game. Or excuse me, Cincinnati is fourth against wide receivers, and they're 22nd in the league against running games, which doesn't matter because there's no running game for Washington. So I'm, I'm looking at Washington's going to try to go at Cincinnati's strength, which is pass defense. And um, so that's the only reason. That's the reason I've taken Cincinnati in this one. But, again, it's at London, so just throw everything out and, and uh, throw a dart. Okay. Okay, we're done with the London game. Now, the next game on our schedule, uh, this one was originally supposed to be an early game, but this one is going to be an afternoon game. Uh, Green Bay at Atlanta, and the Falcons are favored by three. Bumped it to the prime time. Uh, wow, the, I'm looking at an over-under of 53 in that. I feel like that's too many points, but... Uh, um, I know neither one of these defenses play inspired ball, but uh, I I'm going to take Green Bay. I think the Falcons win this game, but I think it's I think it's just a nail biter twenty you know twenty one twenty type of game. So I'll take I'll take Green Bay. Nick, what do you think? Well, I think you mentioned uh, that you thought the over-under was too high at 53, I think you said. Uh, I, I would imagine that's the over-unders are probably too high in a lot of Green Bay games, just people assuming that that Green Bay offense is the same as it was in years past, which it is not. It's 
Aaron Rodgers and that whole unit are not playing as well as they have uh, previously. So I, I don't think they can keep up with the Atlanta Falcons offense as hot as Julio Jones and Matt Ryan have been. So I definitely have to go with the Falcons. Here's a weird statistic. Uh, Green Bay in, in fantasy is number one against running backs. But I went back and I, I checked the Packers' schedule to see what kind of running backs they've been facing all year. And um, here, here's who they play. They play the Jaguars, so uh, no running back of note. The Vikings, who don't have a running game. I think they may – I can't remember when Peterson got hurt, but nonetheless – uh, they play the Lions, who don't have much of a running game. The Giants don't have much of a running game. Then they, when they came up against the Dallas Cowboys, who have Ezekiel Elliott, he ran for 157 yards. So I think Atlanta is one of those teams that has a running game, uh, and they'll be able to exploit Green Bay and, and uh, kind of uh, show what kind of running defense they really have, um, especially after that loss last week. And I don't think Green Bay, like uh, Nick, you brought up a good point. Uh, people still have a way inflated opinion of Green Bay, and uh, you know, which is sad because I picked up Ty Montgomery this week, and I'm going to start him just because I had Coleman and he's hurt uh, for Atlanta. But I'm still going to take the Atlanta Falcons uh, in this minus set field goal. Okay. Detroit Lions are in Houston. Houston Texans are two-and-a-half point favorites. <laughs> oh. I, it seems weird because there's – essentially two teams with winning records, but this might be the who cares game of the week when these non-conference games like this, um, man, I don't, two and a half. I just, hmm. I'll, I'll take, I'll take Houston to bounce back with the win in this. I'll take, I'll take Houston and I don't love it. Nick, what do you think? Um, I partially agree with you. I don't love this game, but I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to take Detroit. I just uh, – Houston, I, I just don't believe in them, especially, you know, now with J.J. Watt done. They're just – that defense isn't as good as it, as it used to be, obviously, which no defense would be. It's when you lose your very best player, who might be the best player in the in the league on that side of the ball. But, yeah, I, I, I just have no faith in the Texans right now. So I'll, I'll take Detroit in the points. There's a strange thing going on right now. The Texans are uh, are undefeated at home, and they have not won on the road. So uh, <laughs> it's it's a, kind of an easy pick for me. And I'm going to, you know, my I don't know if I've ever told you guys the philosophy on trends, but but uh, but Murphy's law of trends is that a trend will last as long as it takes you to identify it, and <laughs> then it'll all of a sudden disappear. <laughs> But I'm still going to take Houston in this one. I got to go with that, you know, the home team versus the the away team. Uh, so I'm going to take Houston to win another one at home. Okay. All right. This is a very interesting game. This next one, the Seattle Seahawks are in New Orleans to take on the Saints. We've got the uh, the irresistible force versus the immovable object right here. I think you would call it. <laughs> Uh, New Orleans offense against Seattle's defense, but uh, nonetheless, the uh, the Seahawks and they have to be. Uh, Seahawks are favored by two and a half points on the road at New Orleans. Good luck with this one, guys. Uh, I'll take Seattle just because I, like you said, with that uh, Seattle defense, they're just they're just brutal right now. So I'll, I'll take Seattle. Feel pretty good about it. Minus the two and a half. 
Nick, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, if Russell Wilson was healthy, I would definitely go with Seattle, even if it was a five-point spread. But he's not healthy. He's not the same player. So I think New Orleans win this, wins this in a 14-10 to 10 type of game. It's not going to be a high-scoring shootout by any means. And I wouldn't start Drew Brees if I had another option, but I do think the Saints will win this one at home. You know, it's going to be really weird is seeing the Saints uh, play at home and probably not score over 20 points. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, here's a couple of the factors I looked at. Seattle just played on Monday night uh, at Arizona on the road and then has to travel on a short week. And I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the amount of plays, but uh, but apparently Seattle's defense was on the field for more plays than anybody ever in an NFL game. In that game, uh, they're going to be a little tired, so I'm going to count on that being a little bit of an edge for the Saints, and that's the only reason that I can take the Saints in this one. But I'm going to want to watch this. But if it turns out that Seattle's really good on defense again, then it's going to be boring, and I'll, I'll watch something else. But uh, I'm going to take the Saints in this game, plus the points. Okay. Bold. Okay, we have uh, another equally interesting game. The New England Patriots are on the road at Buffalo. The Patriots, uh, they were uh, the team a lot of people say are the best team in the NFL right now, favored by six and a half over Buffalo. Wow. Um That seems like a seems like a lot of points. So I'm going to take Buffalo, and I and I know I'll regret it. But it is in Buffalo, and I know there's a little bit of a revenge factor because they're because of what they've brought to the table, but uh, or what what they did to them in New England. But I think New England just laid down in that game and said, "Let's just get through our bye." So I don't think they're going to be too pissed off. They're going to certainly come ready to play, but that's not going to factor in a whole lot. It's in Buffalo, so I. I don't think they'll win, but I think I think it'll be a closer than that. So I'll take Buffalo plus six and a half. Love a home team dot. Nick, what do you think? Well, you said you don't think uh, New England's going to come in pissed off. I think due to the Brady suspension, they're going to be pissed off all season long. So uh, especially <laughs> as beat up as Buffalo is with all the injuries they've been dealing with, I, I think New England definitely wins this one by a touchdown, if not closer to 14. Is it uh, is it possible New England can uh, can win without without throwing the ball to Gronk? <laughs> because after all, his next touchdown pass will be number sixty nine. If you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> uh, um. I'm going to take New England here just simply because of the – not simply because, because of the revenge factor. Now, keep in mind, that's the only loss that New England has had this year has been to Buffalo. And it was without Brady. And I think that, you know, you like to say that teams don't think about revenge, but I think Belichick does. I, I think he, he actually does <laughs> want to punish people like that. And also, no, no LaShawn McCoy this week. By the way, I picked up Gillisley, and I, I'm not I'm not playing him this week, but uh, that's a possibility. You you guys like Gillisley? Um, I traded him away for a couple picks, but uh, uh-huh. I I think I think if McCoy's out, I, he's he's certainly worth starting. I don't know against New England, but uh, he's certainly worth starting if McCoy's out. So. 
Yeah, and I've got the New England defense. Anyway, I'm playing against Gronkowski. This I, I've got Brady as my quarterback, but my opponent has Gronkowski, so I, I'm in this big conundrum here. Uh, I still am going to take New England. Um, I, I'm going to look for him to win by seven to ten points, more than six and a half. So I'll take New England. And Josh, you took Buffalo, and Nick, you took New England, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. Move along. The New York Jets are in Cleveland. This is another interesting game to me. The Jets favored by three and a half over the Browns. She's two and 12 in this game, the team's combined record. (laughs) And I know Cleveland doesn't have a win, but if they're going to get one, this, this might be it. Uh, They, they have a feisty young defense. Uh, Fitzpatrick does turn the ball over. We've seen we've seen that what fourteen times this year already. Um, I really think Cleveland gets a, gets their first win here, so I'll take them. I'll take them if you're giving me some points. Heck Nick, yes. what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with Cleveland for no other reason that those players probably realize that uh, this is the best chance they have to get a win on the season. I, I mean, they have some tough games coming up. Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the Giants, the Bengals, the Bills, uh, the Chargers, and the Steelers. I don't see them beating any of those teams, so if they're going to get a win, now is the time. So those guys, you got to figure they're going to be fired up not wanting to go 0-16, so I'll go with the, the Browns in this one. Yeah, I'm going <clears> to <throat> echo what Nick just said. That was one of my reasons for taking Cleveland, and I keep taking Cleveland every week, and I and I, I that's just not a winning proposition. But I'm going to take them this week, and, and <clears throat> first of all, for the fact that this is a game they can win, and second of all, you have to be a pretty good team to go on the road in the NFL and be a favorite and win. Uh, the Jets are not that team. I don't think uh, I, I don't think they're they're a good enough team to be favored over anybody on the road, uh, and. Cleveland is anybody, <laughs> just just barely. But I'm going to take the Browns here, and uh, maybe the Jets win it by a field goal at the end of the game. But uh, I'm look, going to look for the Browns to win their first one, like Nick said, win their first game. And we move on to uh, the Oakland Raiders, the Road Warriors, going on the road one more time, clear away from home. The Oakland Raiders at Tampa Bay, and the Tampa Bay Bucks are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, well, the interesting thing is this: is Oakland actually stayed in Florida this week? Yep. And Tampa, Tampa was at San Francisco, so Tampa's the one that had to travel this week. Um, uh, what was the spread? What did you have there? I'm sorry. One and a half points. One and a half. Oh yeah, I'll take, I'll take Oakland. Uh, yeah, no problem. But I, I think there's there's a lot. Of, a lot of things that both teams do well, but I think Oakland Oakland can win this game. I think they're a little bit rejuvenated after after last week's win, so I'll, I'll take Oakland, no problem. Nick, what do you think? Or excuse me, yeah, and Oakland's a dog, so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I think – I don't love it, but I, I do think this is going to be a close game, and the point spread is indicative of that. But uh, I, 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 I'm going to go with the Raiders. I, I, I just don't believe in Tampa Bay quite yet. They're such a up and down team, and and the Raiders are are a little bit more healthy on the offensive side of the ball, I think. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. Yeah, on the surface, um, you would think, well, Tampa Bay can beat Oakland, but uh, Oakland has not has not lost on the road yet. Uh, 
coincidentally, uh, all of Tampa Bay's wins have come on the road. They've not won at home. They lost to the uh, lost to the Rams at home, lost to the Broncos at home, and uh, well, this is just the they they beat the Falcons on the road, they beat the Panthers on the road, they beat the Forty ers on the road. So weird game here. You've got a team at home who hasn't who who's won all their games on the road, and you've got a team on the road who also has won all their team games on the road. How can you how can you go against that? It's it, it's strange, and I feel like I'm falling into a trap here. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and take Oakland again. Now the one thing I mean wow. they've been on the road for two weeks. It, it's it's got to take a toll on those guys not being back and sleeping in their own beds. But I'm still. I, I still I, I don't know what Oakland did to the NFL, but they gave them a hell of a schedule here. Uh, and I, but I, I'm still going to take the Raiders. I, I believe I believe in the black and silver. It's silver and black, Chuck. We've been through this. Silver, silver and, black. and black. I'm sorry. <laughs> Soon to be the Las Vegas silver and black. And yeah. you know what's a strange yeah. thing? Nevada, our uh, our uh, slogan is the our, our nickname is the Silver State. Well, there you go. So maybe they'll change it to, to black and silver. No, well, that's right. It'll still be no. silver and black. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move along uh, before I say anything else like that. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs in Indianapolis. I, I, I'm interested in this game also. The Chiefs are favored by two and a half at Indianapolis. Yeah. I. It's, it's enticing to take. Andrew Luck at home since he's getting points and they could have Dorsett and Moncrief back this week, which would obviously be huge, but I I just don't have enough confidence in in that defense or that team as a whole. So I'll I'll take, I'll take the chiefs minus the two and a half. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I agree with you. I Kansas City, just as a team overall, is a better team than the Colts. The Colts just don't have a defense, and um, you know, pretty soon I don't think they're going to have a GM, especially after him trying to blame Andrew Luck's contract on the on the, the, the defensive struggles on the contract that Andrew Luck got. Uh, yeah, I, I just think the Chiefs are <laughs> Andrew Luck and the the Colts offense definitely are a superior unit to the Chiefs offense, but as teams as a whole, the the Kansas City defense is. Definitely enough of a factor to make me go with the Chiefs. Well, you may, I'm I'm looking at this one and I'm thinking it may, it may be a good over game here, and this is why uh, Indianapolis in fantasy is 28th against running backs, which is the strength of Kansas City, and Kansas City is 31st in the league versus wide receivers, which is the strength of Indianapolis. We could have a game going up and down the field here if uh, if both teams stick with what got them there. Um, I'm still, uh, I'm like you guys. I, I don't want to be fooled by Kansas City winning or by Indianapolis winning that game last week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs minus two and a half, but expect a lot of scoring here. And hang on, I'm going to check the over/under in this game, you guys. I uh, had 50. Over, oh, yeah, well, I guess the uh, the the bookmakers expect it to be high-scoring game, also. Yeah, 50 points. In this game, um, so uh, you know if they get over that, what, what's really weird is Kansas City being in a game that's over under a fifty because the Chiefs usually uh, you know have that tough defense and they're in low scoring games, but uh, it's not mm-hmm. been the case this year. Okay, we'll sweep that one. Also, we've got so four sweeps and that scares me. 
All right, the we have another one scares me. We have, we have, yeah, we have another one, uh, another revenge game. San Diego in Denver to take on the uh, Denver Broncos, and the Broncos are five and a half point favorites. Wow. Well, the, yeah, like you said, revenge factor. I, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the Broncos in this one. I think it's going to be uh, no mercy there. So I'll, I'll take the Broncos minus the points. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I think it's too many points. Uh, it seems like every week San Diego is involved in a game that's uh, right down to the wire. So I think this one's probably going to be no different. Five and a half points is too much. I think the Broncos win, but the the Chargers cover. Well, you know, I have to stick with the thing I said last week, you guys, and that's the fact that uh, San Diego has not lost a game by any more than six points all year. Now I realize they could lose by six and still lose to the spread here, but uh, <laughs> San Diego has been a team that has that has played everybody close to the vest. And um, I'm going to look for them to, to, to keep this one close also. I would love if the, if the spread went up to six here, but um, – yeah, Denver does have I mean and Denver can get revenge and win by a field goal still. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the Chargers plus five and a half on this one. Now the last game on our list today is a game that was supposed to be a later game and they've changed this to uh, ten o'clock Pacific time in the morning. I guess that'd be uh gee, we're all in different time zones, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Nick, that would be uh that'd be seven o'clock in the morning your time. And Josh should be what yep. noon your time? You're on Central Time. Yes, noon. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals at Carolina, and uh, Carolina getting the nod by three points. A three-point spread. Carolina over the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals are not a very good team on the road. At least you know they they just they have their stumbles. But how is Carolina favored in this game? Is it too easy, Chuck? I mean, what? What what's going into this? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't know. I I I guess people just still expect Carolina to be the team they were last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, three points get a field goal at home for the home team. So does this mean it's a pick 'em if a game is in Arizona? People would jump all over that, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, I I gotta take Arizona in this game. I know they're not a great great team on the road, but uh they lose by two and I still win money. Yeah, I'll take it. Nick, what do you think? Um, I think Arizona was just involved in what might have been the most physical game of their lives for a lot of those players. Uh whereas Carolina's coming off a bye week. And so just for that reason alone I'm gonna go with the, the, the fresh Panthers to uh to win this one. That's a good thought, Nick. There are several several schools of thought on this game, and and then that, that's a good one. I looked at a couple of things, and and uh, first of all, I looked at uh, how how Carolina does against running backs because, um, gosh, that guy's good, uh, David Johnson. <laughs> Man, I hope you guys have him on your fantasy teams. Um, you look for Arizona to establish the run. I looked back, and Carolina is supposedly good against running backs, but but when they ran up against teams that have good running backs, they haven't been so good this year. So that's kind of a misleading thing here. Let me uh, tell you about the uh, the Panthers' uh, 
they ran up against, they lost to the Falcons. The Falcons have, uh, well, they give good running backs and good receivers. Um, they lost to the Buccaneers, and they don't even have that good of running backs. But nonetheless, uh, they didn't do so well against teams that, that had a good running game. Arizona's got a good running game, and I expect that to open up things. I know John Brown is out and Jerron Brown is out, but I think that they're going to stretch it down the field a little bit, and you'll see Arizona open it up in the passing game a little bit, especially with the bad cornerbacks of Carolina. And I'll look for Carolina to still be the same team they were before the uh, before the break, and I am going to side with you, Josh, here, and take Arizona, though I don't feel really good about it. It's, it's not one of those confident picks. Sunday night football will be a good one. The Philadelphia Eagles are in Dallas to take on the uh, the Cowboys, and the Cowboys in this one, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Whew. Um Gosh, four and a half. I... Wow. Um, yeah, this is a, a tough game to get a beat on. I, I'll I'll take Philly. I, I I just just because I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. But I, I not crazy about it. Nick, what do you think? I agree with you one hundred percent. I I have no idea who's going to win this game. But this, to me, feels like a field goal type of game uh, within the last couple minutes of the game. So uh, I think it'll be a three-point game either way. So i got to go with the underdog with uh, Philadelphia. Cowboys winning margins this year against the Bears. They won by 14. The 49ers, seven points. The Bengals, they won by 14. The Patriot, or the Packers, they won by 14. The two games that they've had this season against divisional opponents were, were against the Giants when they lost by one point and the Redskins that they won by only four points. So their close games have been against division foes. So in that case, I'm going to go ahead and take Philadelphia. Uh, another close game, Dallas probably has that home field thing that wins it for them at the end, but I think Philly will keep it close, and it'll be four and a half points is too much to give in a game that you feel will be decided by a field goal either way. Monday Night Football, my Chicago Bears are at home against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are favored on the road by five and a half points. And I guess since this is the Bears, I go first now, huh? Yeah. I didn't I didn't think at all in this game. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, Minnesota Vikings losing their first game last week. Uh, I don't, you know, the Bears may not score any points in this game. Uh, the Vikings need it need one defensive touchdown, and they'll cover the spread. Uh, so let's go ahead and take the Vikings minus five and a half. Yeah. Um, how is this not more points? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, am I wrong? So I, I, color I, I guess I have Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing how much his thumb healed in in that week between the time that uh, that Hoyer got hurt and this next yeah. week. Well, they did have the extra ten days, you know, because it's a Thursday night game. But, oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta take uh, I gotta take Minnesota. Uh, lock of the week. Easy. That's the case. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, <laughs> I had to love the Jay Cutler quote though this week when asked if uh, if the head coach John Fox trusted him. Well, I guess he doesn't have much of a choice, does he? 
Last no end on that, but yeah, I got to go with the Vikings. Oh boy! Holy cow! That I mean, you know, maybe the Bears keep it close. You know, I've I've got uh, I've got Zach Miller as my tight end on my fantasy team, so I just hope to God they can squeeze one into him. (laughs) But uh, the 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 Vikings defense is just no joke. I mean, those guys are really really good. You probably need defensive touchdowns to beat them, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I don't see many of those happening for the Bears either. Okay, you want to uh, recap our, our clean sweeps? And there were a lot sure. of them this week, and that could be a bad Chuck. sign. Yeah, All right, I actually we... just wanted to, I okay. wanted to ask you one question quick. Um, forecast us the future, Dallas. Like Nick said earlier, Dallas plays at Cleveland two weeks from now. What's the spread going to be? Dallas at Cleveland? And Cle- like we already established, Cleveland's going to get their first win this week, so they're not yeah. going to be winless. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at uh, and see if McCown is quarterbacking for Cleveland by then. I think it's a mistake for him to – well, I'd love for him to, to be out there this week, but – you're just asking to get that collarbone hurt again. Nonetheless, um, in two weeks, Dallas at Cleveland. Why are you asking this? I just just checking just for your, information. Your, your forecast. Your forecasting. <laughs> well, it all depends on what happens in the next few weeks, and also, you know, isn't Romo scheduled to come back soon too? I mean, you know, maybe oh, maybe they, they put Thank Romo in as quarterback. So, but with the Cowboys, um, yeah. Cowboys probably road favorites of seven to eight points. That's what I'm guessing. What are you right. thinking? Um, I was thinking what you were thinking. Uh, <laughs> uh, we won't hold you to we won't hold you to it. I promise. But you do bring up a good point with Robo. Uh, yeah, I I was thinking maybe higher. You know, maybe nine and a half, ten. Because wasn't wasn't New England fourteen and a half? Yeah, and I think um, wasn't Cincinnati favored by ten over Cleveland? Was that game last week? Was that in Cleveland or Cincinnati? That was in. That was in Cleveland, or excuse me, it was in Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, in Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, it it, it all depends. You know, and and the, the Cowboys are a really really public team, so maybe it could get up there a ways. It just. But if Cleveland gives a good showing in the next few weeks, they they can't make it that high. So, you know, really, a lot of the the line, a lot of it depends on on you know, believe it or not, I hate to say this, but what a team did the week before, you know, because mm-hmm. because it's fresh in the public's mind and they want to set a line that will get the same amount of people to bet on both sides. So if a team looks really good one week, it's hard for them to set the line against them in the next week because they all looked, especially if they played Sunday or Monday night in a national game and they looked really good, That that's going to affect the line next week. So, you know, let me look at what Cleveland does in the next couple of weeks and uh, and give you a better estimate. Or we could just wait till that week and, and see what the spread is. But uh, <laughs> just conjecturing, like right now, the way both the teams are, you know, if, if, if they played, if they were playing this week in Cleveland, I would say Dallas would be favored by nine and a half or ten points. Okay. Cool. How's that? I'll take it. Okay. I, I, bumped, I bumped you up a few points. 
job done. That's, <laughs> clean, sw- <laughs> clean sweeps. Uh, we all took the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. Uh, we all took the Cleveland Browns over the New York Jets, uh, Cleveland a home team underdog there. We all took the Raiders over Tampa Bay. We all took Kansas City over Indianapolis. Um, and believe it or not, we swept the Sunday and Monday night games, all of us taking Philadelphia plus four and a half at Dallas, and all of us taking the Vikings on the road minus five and a half at Chicago. So I'll just do a teaser on all those games. There you go. That should Teased work. It up. All right. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, guys. Well, yeah, thank you. That is that's all we had. Uh, got got all the yep, I got all the clean sweeps in there too. So yeah, thank you, Chuck. As always. Well, have a great Vegas Halloween, thing. by the way. Oh yes. Oh, and, and by the way, that Minnesota Chicago game is on Halloween. If you want to make, uh, if you want to change your pick. No. <laughs> Scary things happen on Halloween. <laughs> There will be somebody there masquerading as a Chicago Bear quarterback. Oh, oh there you go. Uh, there you go. All right, cool. Okay, you guys, cool. I will uh, talk to you next week. I'll look forward to it. Thanks. Take care. Nick, any closing thoughts there? Um, just I just want to get my two cents in on that uh, Dallas-Cleveland game. Uh, I think it's pretty much impossible for you to ask Chuck the odds on that game, seeing as Cleveland's going to have gone through three more quarterbacks in the next two weeks, right? Yeah. It seems like every week they're <laughs> losing another quarterback or two. So, uh, yeah, how, how are you going to pick that? Yeah, well, Kevin Hogan is scheduled to start, so maybe maybe he'll be their savior. Maybe they found it. Uh, or, you know, Maybe they signed Charlie Whitehurst again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, hopefully they do find a solid option there. Those fans deserve a lot better than what they've been getting, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that is all we had for you. Um, I will uh, don't have stuff set for next week, but we'll take care of it. Uh, make sure you uh, keep reading DFW every every week too. Every every day, I should say. I've got the stock report out today. Talked about some of the guys that we talked about today. Uh, any thoughts? I've had Jay Ajay in there as a hold steady, Nick. Any any thoughts on Jay Ajay? I mean, obviously you, you mentioned him earlier, and back to back two hundred games aren't don't just happen by accident. Uh, you uh, you holding Jay Ajay, or are you gonna gonna try to see what you can get for him? Um, if I can sell high on JGI, I would definitely do so, but he probably will be productive for the rest of the season. And uh, let's not forget that Arian Foster is, is a backfield mate there in Miami, retired this week. What a what an amazing career Foster had, uh, coming as an undrafted rookie free agent and eventually being one of the best in the game at his position. That's a pre- pretty remarkable feat that uh, Foster was able to accomplish. So hats off to Foster, and we wish him well in his uh in his post NFL activities. Yes, yeah, most definitely. Um we uh coincidentally we'll talk about JHI and Arian Foster in the question and answer coming up on Sunday, so make sure you check that out. Uh as long as all as well as other all of our other great content that we pump out daily here for you there at uh Dynasty Football Warehouse. So thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next week, Nick. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Bowl Podcast with Nikki, Gil, 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 Gil